and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. (laughs) Hello, Megan. So it's November, and we do have a bit of a theme this month. Um, The big story, if you will, for November astrologically, it's all about that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So let's talk about that because that story also has some subplots. (laughs) Lots of of little subplots. Scorpio would and should. Right. Absolutely. And the mystery of Scorpio. So let's start there. So Scorpio uh, went retrograde on Halloween. Mercury went retrograde in Scorpio. In Scorpio. Scorpio signs don't go retrograde. (laughs) So how appropriate, right, to start a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio on Halloween. So we actually start the month kind of in this backwards type of motion. So that's going to be interesting. Quite interesting. And the thing, too, (laughs) interesting is definitely a good filler word here because it's going to be intense and it's going to be a lot. It's interesting, though, because, you know, Mercury usually spends about three weeks in a sign. But because of its retrograde in Scorpio... It was in Scorpio for a really long time. It went in the beginning of October, and it doesn't leave Scorpio until, like, the 8th or 9th of December. Oh, my gosh. So it almost feels like, the retrograde aside, that there's some call right now for all of us to understand things from a much deeper level. Yes. And to really understand things in terms of like what's behind mm-hmm. or underneath our emotions, perhaps mm-hmm. where our emotions, how they're intertwined with the way that we capture information, process information, and share that. It's like the cosmic curriculum feels like cosmic it's saying, curriculum. like, I love okay, it. it's all about getting this like deep probing communication like really focusing on it right now so and of course though part of that is the retracing is the retrograde so what are your initial thoughts on mercury retrograde in scorpio right and as you're talking about the communication and the thinking and the thoughts and the digging deeper you know that's all part of a a mercury retrograde but when you put it in that deep 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 side of scorpio we're really going to be digging in and of course we always look at the opportunity in a mercury retrograde and with when it's in scorpio i think you know it's really a time to give yourself that permission to really Go in. We talked about this a little bit last month. Go into your shadow side. Go into your dark side. Go into the inner mystery, right? See what's there. And I. it's going to be interesting, I think, because we've also got other Scorpio things happening. I would just encourage everyone, <laughs> I'm laughing, to just be, <laughs> how do I want to say it? Be open, be open to a bit of a deep dive, yeah. right? And if stuff comes up, 
great, you know, really be willing to work with that. And because with Scorpio, Scorpio rules death and rebirth, transformation. So if you're really willing to work with those deeper energies, you can transform them. So there's an opportunity in this, I think, to get clearer, to release stuff. So, again, I think it's going to be intensely interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And remember, too, just those Mercury retrograde 411s. <laughs> it's all about going slow, going back, retracing your steps. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working on something, whether it's a project or trying to have a breakthrough in a relationship or a breakthrough mm-hmm. in an understanding for yourself turn around, Mm -hmm. go back to recently had thoughts, information, communication, because you'll be able to see them from a different vantage point and that there's a lot of treasures that reside in the past. Those skipped steps that we may not have gotten the first time around, there's value in going to retrieve them and recover them Mm -hmm. in terms of more holism, of understanding. But it's definitely like you say, I mean, it is deep dive. It's getting underneath. I mean, really, it's a beautiful time of even questioning, you know, why am I thinking this? Why is it that I say things the way that I do? Mm. You know, also what, you know, how much is my languaging invested or I should say more infused or imbued, feel more Scorpio, with my frustration or with my desire, with my fears or with my passion, all these or my emotions, all these Scorpio things. So this is really feels like it's what's really up for all of us. Play the detective. Like, you know, get (laughs) underneath things. Right. You know, as you're talking, I think about the proverbial peeling the onion. You know what I mean? This is just one big layer cake, you know, and I think, you know, you're going to peel off one layer and get to another layer. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have Mercury and Scorpio (laughs) natally. (laughs) Tell us, tell us Well, just as you were talking about the languaging. And one of the things I know about my Mercury and Scorpio, it's really great in my work to be able to go in deep and connect with people. But I remember the first astrological reading I ever had, she said to me, I think you can have a sharp tongue. Mm. And that is Mercury and Scorpio. Mercury and Scorpio, we need to be in control. And we're not, when we're not in control, when people kind of like go into our shadow energy, there's a tendency to be reactionary. And because Scorpio is, can be so insightful and Scorpio can be so powerful. Sometimes Scorpio will take advantage and use that in, in a reactionary kind of communication. Interesting. But you know, I'm yeah. evolved now. Yes, yes, yeah. And so my Mercury <laughs> you and don't Scorpio, do any of that. I never, ever get reactionary <laughs> with that. No, it's just all pure wisdom <laughs> at this point. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's really interesting. I think about that Scorpio that can sting, that's incisive. Yes. But also that notion of control. Yes. Yes. Wanting to have control. And I just was thinking, I, this hadn't come to me before, but with the fact that we're all, you know, moving slowly towards that Saturn Pluto conjunction in yes. January and then right. the Jupiter Pluto all next year is almost like, is this sort of another level of prep work, Mm. right? Where we're sort of 
aligning our minds and we're clearing out clearing. like we're like roto-rootering like <laughs> the plumbing lines of our communication so that we can be even more um you know, understanding of where we try to exert control, where we are triggered, you know, getting much more clean and full of integrity with our languaging and understanding so that we can continue to understand the things related to like what's coming up for us in terms of like what we're deconstructing, what we're owing, you know, taking ownership of, what have you. Maybe that feels really right. You know, if we could look at, because as you're saying, you know, Mercury will go direct what on November the 20th. 20th. Okay. But it's going to be in Scorpio all through December, right? And uh, so through like the eighth or ninth, eighth or ninth. Okay, so we we do have this opportunity, right? And when you were talking about clearing, that felt really right to me. I think there's a real maybe this is the perfect time to be doing a cleanse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because it's in Mercury as well, maybe it could do something to do with like an intellectual or technology cleanse, or you know how you you know think about things. You know, maybe it's a time to do some purging. Yeah, or even as you were saying that too, I was like, even doing like 24 hours or half 12 hours or one hour of silence, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, just like going within. Yes, yes. And thinking too about the shadow, like understanding the shadow, what's really interesting about this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio is that on the 11th. Yes, let's talk about this is the, this is one of those subplots. Big subplot is on the 11th, we have the sun uniting with Mercury, which it does numerous times a year, but we actually have what's called the transit of Mercury. And what the transit of Mercury is, and this only happens about 13 to 14 times a century, Wow! is that the alignment of the orbits of the Earth and of Mercury are such at certain times, 13 to 14 times a year, where from our vantage point on Earth, we will can look at the sun, although we have to look at the sun with filters, and we can actually see Mercury going across the sun. It's like sort of like an eclipse, if like you a, will. This is like a Mercury eclipse. And this, again, only happens 13 to 14 times a century. The last time that it happened was actually in 2016. The next time it happens is in 2032, although we will not be able to see it from the United States. The next time in the U.S. and in this hemisphere that we'll be able to see it will be 2049. So from an astronomical and a celestial perspective, like, this is really interesting to be able to, like, see this. It starts at, like, 7.36 a.m., goes to about 1.02 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, if you're going to see it, you should have a telescope that has a solar filter. You don't want to burn your eyes. I mean, that would be like, we want to be careful with that Scorpio damage. Mm. But what does it mean astrologically that Mercury is obscuring a part it travels across the plane of the sun from our viewpoint and is obscuring the sun. So it's it's obscuring the light but, in a way, but right? But just a tiny, almost like a pinhole, yeah. just a little yeah, bar, bit of still, it. You know, there's still a, an event there Absolutely. happening there. And, you know, when we talk about Scorpio so much because it's ruled by Pluto, which is the underworld, the word darkness does come up. Right. And so here we are talking about, you know, Mercury obscuring some of the light of the sun. And so what I'm thinking is, 
what's that date again? Because I'm going to mark it on my calendar. And it's 11-11, <laughs> which is so interesting. Oh, my gosh. You're right. 11-11 always has that auspicious note to I was going to mark that on my calendar of, like, do not disturb day. Like, <laughs> I'll, see, you, I'll see you tomorrow. No meetings that day, right? But, wow. Okay, so here we are talking about that intensity again. So... It's going to be interesting. My thought is that maybe some stuff will come up for people. You know what I mean? That whether it's through triggering or just deep insight, you know. And again, you know, we're talking about, you know, taking time to go within. You know, these are, Scorpio can be very um, spiritual. And so maybe there's an opportunity in all this to like do some ritual, meditate, journal, journal, how perfect with Mercury, right? Really get those thoughts out there and just take the time to do reflective activities so you can gain insight, get that illumination of what wants to come out of that darkness. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also thinking too, like there's something about that obscuring, right? And how does our mm. mind, you know, when we're too mental, let's say, yes. obscure our spirit Ooh. or, obs- you know, the sun or obscure our vitality if we're too, those times when we're too much in our head and it dampens our light. Wow. So really to look for that. And also it feels like the possibility that just like a message arrives. You know, Mercury is the messenger. Ah, you yes. know, and this very like shining, you know, with being shined on from the back, like that we can clearly see this messenger. Yes. You know, what is the clearing call? What is the message that arrives around 1111? 1111. You know what this brings to my mind? I was listening to a podcast, another podcast other than So Divine, the other day, and they were talking about depression. Mm. And I can't remember what country it is, but it was one country in Europe, and they actually describe depression as overthinking. That's the definition of depression. And I've been thinking about this. And so when we have this Mercury energy with Scorpio, I think this is a time not to get depressed by overthinking and maybe really look at are your thought patterns working against you are they like leading to you know obscuring your light or putting you into some kind of depression it's something kind of interesting to think about it's something really interesting to think about too also because with the retrograde which is going inward and it's Scorpio Mm -hmm. going inward and granted it's not Mars which is about anger right but a lot of thought too about depression being like anger turned inward right so to be able to like watch too maybe this month to see like where are you low in mood Mm -hmm. you know what triggers you to be low in mood what do you do how do you comfort yourself how do you deal with this what kind of support do you have can you get yes so maybe this is a big theme for all of us to do a reflection on like you know, our relationship to our moods and our emotions. Right, and, and our thought process. And, and our thought process. You know, what you're talking about, too, is actually when you bring up anger, this is a perfect segue to another one of our subplot points this month, which is uh, Mars and Pluto squared. Now, back in the on day... On November 5th. On November 5th, back in the day before Pluto was discovered... Mars was actually the ruling planet of Scorpio. So we have this again, this very Mars, Pluto, Scorpio, you know, square. That feels like another intense kind of Scorpionic thing. Exactly. And back to that thing about, right, because the two rulers of Scorpio squaring off. Right. You know, and that feeling like moving into the beginning of the month with that 
intense energy of the possible of fighting about control, controlling your actions, feeling like you don't have control of your actions, like aggression, aggression, taking out the, you know, the daggers and the swords. And also, I think, too, the healing capacity of that transit is for all of us to look at what is it that triggers us? How do we maybe unconsciously go into um, defense, you know, mm-hmm, where we feel mm-hmm. threatened, but are we really threatened, right? Mm-hmm. And to become much more aware of our reactions mm-hmm. and also our motivations. Right. Why is yes. it that I want yes. what it is that I want? Why is it that I fight this way to get what I want? What's underneath that? And so maybe the Mars-Pluto square in this sea of the Mercury retrograde will give us more ability to dig in and to understand that. Yes, absolutely. And just to note, Mars will be in Libra. Yeah. And that's the square with Pluto in Capricorn. Exactly. Yeah. But it is like, it's, I mean, I hate to use that word intense. I feel like <laughs> you should find other We just call the podcast so intense. <laughs> exactly. It's so, so, so intense. intense. and divine. Yes. Um, but it just, you know, Mars, Pluto is yeah, not easy. Yeah. 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 It's not easy. So again, just watch what triggers you and watch what you do when you're triggered and see if there's a way to more deeply understand that with that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and how you can become more conscious and dig that out to your awareness. Right. And remember, we feel these events um, at least a couple days before and after. So that week, you know, the week of November 5th is a good time to be really mindful about this stuff. All right. Should we talk about something a little less intense? Just, if just, you can find something. Wait, no, wait, that's I think towards I have the end of the here, month. Um, the full moon. Note. There we go. The full, yeah, the full moon can be the full moon in Taurus, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. I always think the full moon is so happy in Taurus. <sighs> it's just such a yummy, <laughs> yummy full moon. And we've got plus it's got some nice aspects to Pluto and some other stuff, right? Yep. And so it's on the twelfth, the day after the transit of Mercury. Yeah. Right. So we have Scorpio where the sun is and Taurus where the moon is, right? And it's both of those signs are about they're it's not that they're both steamy, but I just feel like there's it, there's a lot of seduction. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sultry. There's a lot of sexy. Yeah. When Scorpio and Taurus come together, right? Because yes. Scorpio likes to dig in, and it's very sort of sexual and sensual in that way. And Taurus is all about the body and what mm-hmm. feels good. Mm-hmm. I also see those two sort of having that sort of conversation or that topic arises about comfort, mm-hmm. which feels like the tension. You know, Taurus is like... I need my comfort. I need my security. I need to know what comes next. I need to see everything. Yeah. And Scorpio's like, <laughs> I got some stuff hidden. And Scorpio <laughs> likes to grow and be transformed sometimes by the uncomfortable. Absolutely. And, you know, I also think that with that Scorpio-Taurus axis, you talk about comfort. And also what comes up, I think, is security. Yeah. You know, I think both of those, you know, sometimes they're referred to as kind of like money planets mm-hmm. or money signs. Mm-hmm. But they're really about security. And Taurus is like very much about wanting to feel materially secure. Scorpio is more about wanting to feel more spiritually secure. Yeah. So, you know, what is the balance point in that, you know? But I love that you're all about the yummy, sensual... 
you know, let's be decadent and eat bonbons in bed. Exactly. Kind of full mood. <laughs> and maybe that's a, one of the ways to, to channel that. Because Absolutely. I also think that, like, it can be really, it can trigger those issues related to security, like mm-hmm. financial security, like the the Earth's security, our home security. Right. Emotional security. Yes. I mean, Scorpio with its biggest fear of, like, fear of abandonment. Yes, yes. Right? So it's right. like that sense of, like, am I safe? Am I secure? Mm-hmm. And just to look at that and see what arises for you you know what's Mm -hmm. lit up for you during that full moon and and maybe find security within yeah that's so scorpio you know what i mean no no matter what's going out there on out there i feel a security with my sense of self and my connection to the divine yes okay well that's nice oh that's a nice thing (laughs) right not that any of this is not nice which is was feeling a little intense okay so moving along let's when does mercury go direct. Is that on the 20th? Let's talk about that. Mercury goes direct on the 20th. Okay. So again, around the times it goes retrograde, the times it goes direct, there's just a lot of Mercury. A lot of news, a lot of information, lots of facts coming quickly at you. So you just sort of go slow and do what you need to do to, you know, not be overwhelmed by too much information or too much stimulation. And then the next thing that occurs um, around you know, we do move into, I mean, it's interesting because we've talked about this, how like the first three weeks of the month feel very like base note, low, <laughs> intense. Scorpio. Scorpio. And then when Sagittarius season begins on the 22nd, there's this sense of an elevation, like mm-hmm. from the depths yes. to the heights. Yes. Like we've been like buried underneath sort of in the subterra and Sagittarius pulls us up and above so that we can have some perspective. Yes, yes. So there does feel like that. But there'll be sort of that big shift around a little bit before Thanksgiving time. Yeah, it's like we start out, I, what I put in my notes is, you know, we start out so Scorpio and we end up so Saggy, right? So Saggy. And, and so we move into that Sagittarius energy and there's other stuff that's kind of going, some subplots to yeah, that Sagittarius. Sa- Saggy subplots. Saggy subplots. Sag loves the subplot. And that is the Venus and Jupiter conjunction. In Sag. In Sag. And then what else have we got going on? And then that day, so that's the 24th. Um, Also the Mars-Uranus opposition. So Venus and Jupiter coming together. Like Jupiter Mm. makes everything big. It feels buoyant. And Venus is about what do I love and what do I value. So big love, big richness, you know, big beauty, mm-hmm. that sense of expansion of mm-hmm. that. But it's in Sagittarius, so we may be really oriented to, like, what casts its values for you in terms of, like, how you want to expand your world, mm-hmm. whether it's travel, whether it's actually traveling through ideas, whether it's philosophical or spiritual pursuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like that might really come with that Venus-Jupiter conjunction. I also think about, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving here, yeah. right? And Jupiter loves to party. Sag loves to party. Yes. And, you know, eat, drink, and be merry would be a perfect, you know, Jupiter-Sagittarius kind of thing. So as we're coming up on that lovely Thanksgiving time, you know, we can really maybe allow ourselves, now we kind of come out of the Scorpio depths, to have some fun, be sad is so social you know what I mean is you know be with friends be with family celebrate yeah I think the timing's really good on that. I do too. Like that sense of like ebulence, especially yes, after being yes. in the dark. The one thing
something, of course, always to look for or look out for with Sag, and especially with Venus mm-hmm. and Jupiter, is excess. Overindulgence. Overindulgence or overspending. Venus also related to money. You know, just, you know, if you only, you might only really need a 15 pound turkey like don't get the 35 <laughs> one you know just be careful about sort of you know um overdoing 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 that could be an alka-seltzer moment there somewhere exactly uh-huh so just two days later we have the sad new moon on the 26th yes, right. and the day after that we have the neptune station Neptune goes yes. direct. Yes. And Neptune, how long has Neptune been retrograde? I think it's been since June, June something or other. So it's been a while. And when I think about Neptune retrograde, especially in Pisces, it just feels like an incubation. I feel like so much has been incubating on a, a deeper level. Pisces has so much to do with our dreams and imaginations and, you know, compassion and healing and spirituality. So as Neptune goes direct, I feel like a lot of that stuff maybe we've been ruminating on mm. or things that have been percolating are kind of able to be going forward. And of course, the Mercury will be direct by then. Then we have Neptune going direct. So, you know, we start the month kind of feeling like we're backwards. And then as we get towards the end, I think there's this feeling of like forward movement. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, but it's, and it's interesting too, because that station happens like just after the day of the Sag new moon, right around Thanksgiving. So, and Sag new moon is very forward moving. Yeah. Right. And so we're like, we're in pursuit, but it feels really, but it may also not be, I mean, Neptune's not the most quote clear planet, if Mm -hmm, you will. mm -hmm. So to really anchor and orient in terms of like that pursuit in terms of your highest vision. Yeah. In terms of your highest goal, your highest dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and we're talking about, and we're talking about planets shifting signs. Let's, we, because at the Mm. end of the month, we have a big shift because here we are talking about Jupiter and Sag. Jupiter is going to move into Capricorn in the beginning of December. On the second. On the second. So the, you know, November is our last (laughs) moment with Jupiter and Sag. And, you know, Jupiter and Sagittarius has been so at home in its native sign. So do you want to share anything about, we've had a year here with, you know, that placement and, you know, what the difference may be between Jupiter in Sag and Jupiter in Capricorn. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, like, to take this time, right, mm-hmm. whether at the, you know, November, or the end of November, or the very beginning of December, to, like, trace back the last year. Yes. To look at those themes about, like, what did you learn? What goals did you set for yourself? You know, how did you grow? How do you feel that your life is more expansive? Or where have you seen that, like, you could pursue so that you would feel a greater sense of possibility? Mm-hmm. And yet on the same side, or actually on the other side of that, to be, you know, to really look at, to see, like, where, what have I realized about, my, you know, where I might go into excess? Ah, right. Yes. Or overstating or expanding too much or too quickly, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that those were some of the lessons that the last year brought for us and really to see, like, where did you get a deeper 
level of understanding and a wider level of understanding that might have helped you to clarify, you know, what the pursuits in your life, what you want them to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, because Jupiter's at the very end of Sagittarius, it might be very, you know, I think, again, it's about like, what do we want to pursue? How do we feel expanded? But really just to be careful about excess. Yeah, let's not go out with a bang, exactly. right? With that Jupiter and Sag, right? I also, you know, actually looking forward to Jupiter being in Capricorn. I think there's oh, something yeah. about just grounding all of that energy. It feels very, like, you know, sustainable. It's going to be interesting. So I look forward to that. And of course, we'll talk more about that next month as well. Well, we could actually keep on going about Jupiter and Sagittarius because that is very Jupiter and Sagittarius, but we will move on to the next thing that we'll talk about, which is the tarot card for the month. So what is it? Well, the tarot card for November is the Hermit card. I thought the Hermit card fit really well with the deeper introspective energies of the month with Mercury going retrograde. And the story or the archetype of the Hermit is the wise man traveling through the darkness. And the darkness represents the unknown with only the light of the lantern to guide him. And the lantern represents inspiration and faith. And so it really represents a time of going into that darkness again, that introspective energies, and really finding our answers within. The hermit card is the wise man. In fact, in esoteric, uh, the esoteric tarot, some people believe he was one of the three wise men that traveled to the manger of the Christ child, um, you know, and, and so he represents this idea of traveling in this unknown area, but you're guided by that light, like he was guided by the star in that case. And by the way, the three wise men, some people say, were actually Persian astrologers. <laughs> so, so the hermit is like, how do we get to our wisdom? And it's not external wisdom. It's internal wisdom. It's the answers that you can only find within. And it's ruled by Virgo, which has to do so much with knowledge. And so this is really about a harvest of our own knowledge by going within. Now, whenever you see the hermit, of course, traveling in the dark night, of course, what comes up is the aspect of loneliness. And sometimes it's not unusual with the energy of the hermit to say, you know, I'm feeling alone. I feel like, you know, I'm on this journey and I don't have support. And so with the hermit, it represents a time of remembering there's guidance all around us. There's wise people and teachers all around us, whether it's a trusted friend or a teacher or like your spirit guides and angels. And so to not get caught in that isolation of that journey, to know when to reach out and say, I need some light. I need some illumination. I need some guidance. And so it's really kind of this, you know, double energy of going within, finding your own guidance, but also looking for teachers and the wise people around you. Oh my God, if anybody or any of you could see me, my mouth is agape (laughs) because that, this is the, I know that it's, you know, the the hermit is related to Virgo, but it feels like the absolute perfect card for this month with the Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, mm-hmm. there's Mercury in Scorpio, with this real sagginess, right? The what traveling in the darkness yes, and the right. dark night, but 
but also and going within, but also looking for the wisdom and the wise people, which feels very Sagittarius, very Jupiter. And also that eclipse with the yeah. Mercury eclipse, yeah. right? You know, really kind of going into that darkness, right? To get that illumination with Mercury, which is, you know had something to do with wisdom. So yeah, let's all embrace our hermit energy this month. And ultimately the hermit is about your relationship with yourself and your relationship with spirit. And so you, it may not be where, you know, you're focused on outer relationships, mm -hmm. but it's a great time to deepen the relationship within with yourself. All hail the hermit. All hail the hermit. All hail the hermit. So anything you want to share about this year with Jupiter and Sagittarius? I was thinking about that as a way to sort of well, a sign yeah, up. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting personally. because I, Jupiter, in you know, it's always interesting to see where it lands in your chart. Mm -hmm. And so I've had Jupiter and Sagittarius in my house of creativity. It's been in the fifth house. And I have to tell you, this has been an extremely creative year. And I'm looking forward to, again, that grounding of some of that Capricorn, of, of making it really instead of just very expansive and creative and throwing spaghetti against the wall, I really want it to be sustainable and forward moving and having traction. And I'm looking forward to that. What about you? So for me, Jupiter and Sagittarius was in my sixth house of work and everyday routines and my seventh house of relationships and partnerships. Mm. So I've definitely seen how there's been an expansion of that mm -hmm. in terms of also the intersection of that, how partnerships and relationships are helping me to create a container mm. around my work and the ways that I want to be of service. Yeah. So um, it's felt very expansive. It felt very much like I've, you know, went about and navigated a lot of terrain mm -hmm. and brought back a lot of deep understandings. And again, too, similar to you, Jupiter going into Capricorn, like it also feels like, okay, like how can I further architect mm -hmm. things in my life and create a structure? Yeah. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of things that um, I feel like I gave myself the freedom to pursue mm -hmm. and that there's growth in those realms of my life. Yeah, it felt kind of like a go big or go home yeah. time. And now I'm like ready, okay, all right, let's, <laughs> let's ground that a little bit. I'm ready for some grounding. And we'll talk more about that in December's episode. Yes. So that's so divine for November. So and intense, so divine. So <laughs> intense, so divine. And you can contact us. I'm at meganskinner.com. Stephanie's at stephaniegaling.com. Or so divine.us. That's right. Website. We have our own website. Please reach out. Let us know your thoughts, anything you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, we both post a lot on Instagram and Facebook. So be sure and follow us there as well. So a big thank you and shout out first to Megan. <laughs> and to Stephanie. Thank you. And also to our producers, Nick Petri and Sebastiano Tecchio, as well as to the Cloud Studios here in Seattle where we record our podcast. And a big, big thank you to you, all of you listening. So until next month. Have a wonderful and intense and transformative November. And we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Take care.